Shalom and welcome everyone to the Universal Garden of Amuna. <laughs> As always, I'm here, Yonatan Galed. You are beautiful people and we're here in the holy city of Jerusalem in the Chut Shel Chesed Yeshiva right here, directed by our beloved teacher and spiritual guide, Rabbi Shalom Arush. And we're very happy to be here with you one more time. And uh, well, how is it going? Is everything okay? You've been doing your homework, I hope, yes? Okay, if not, we're going to have problems here. Excellent. So, you know, um, we're very happy that we are starting to open gates in our lives, gates of blessings, of good things that are still yet to come. Uh, but before we start talking, let's start with a little joke <laughs> to smile a little bit more and we can start the teaching of this week which is very very important and I think going to be a little bit surprising for some of us. So the joke again is, is a question. I've got a question. Why shouldn't you write with a broken pencil? It's a very important question. Why shouldn't you write with a broken pencil? Because it's pointless. <laughs> Get it? Pointless. Okay, I need better jokes. Never mind. If you have better jokes, you can send them to me at yonatan.jokes. Yonatan is Y-O-N-A-T-A-N, jokes, I hope you, you know how to write, at gmail.com. If you have better jokes, and not about pencils, please, okay? Alex doesn't like pencils, and there's a reason. We'll talk about it one day, maybe. So <laughs> we have received, we've been receiving a lot of mails. Thank you again. Every time I tell you thank you, thank you. You're encouraging, you're encouraging us. You know, English is not my mother tongue. I'm struggling here. <laughs> it's, it's not easy for me. But since my teacher asked me to do this series, so I'm trying my best. And uh, I really appreciate your mails. You know, you can write us whatever you want at... Yonatan.emuna. Yonatan, Y-O-N-A-T-A-N, dot emuna, E-M-U-N-A, at gmail.com. Questions, comments, also the winners of the raffle. We will announce the winner of this week's raffle, which he will receive this book. Yes, so write us there to have your details and send you your prize so we can be in touch. And uh, okay, we can start then. So, uh, we've been receiving a lot of questions also, which hopefully we'll be answering. Um, there will be a few questions we will answer directly, and others that we'll see the book is answering them. And there's something very interesting in everything we're doing here. Someone asked me, okay, but why do we have to learn this? Okay, Emuna. We're talking about emuna. Emuna, we said, it's the pure faith, pure, simple, genuine faith in the creator of the universe. And we will understand a little bit uh, as we will go forward, how do you live with emuna? But a person asked, why do I need it for? Okay, so you can say, I'm religious, I'm a believer. We well, need to, to learn about this. Like, it's whether you believe or you don't believe. What's so, so complicated here? If there's a God 
and you're a believer, so you believe in him, and that's it. Go, go, go to do something, you know, and <laughs> live your life. What, what is it? What is this huge book? Like, what's going on? All these pages and now this spiritual workshop? What for? What for? What do you have to learn? Oh, you want to teach Bible? I can read the Bible. What, what do you want to, to talk about? Religion? I've, I've got my own religion. You've got yours. What is this about Emuna that is changing the world? You know, this book was translated to more than, more than, yeah, 13 languages. So, why? Why is it a bestseller? What people find in it? There's so many books today. So many systems of self-improvements and guidance. What is this for? So, I gave them this parable. I hope you like it. And you can use it because it's a very powerful one. It's based on a parable by Rabbi Bloch, who was a great uh, sage, great rabbi. And we're basing this parable on, on one of his. He told about a man that lives in America, okay? In the United States, for example, let's take a person in the United States, and he received a job offering something amazing a dream come true but in israel great so he needs to move to immigrate to israel to do aliyah what we call so he knew he's got a year to prepare himself before he started the job and okay they told him that before he arrives to israel he needs to go for two months to france okay to paris okay the Tour Eiffel, he needs to go there for two months. There's someone, an expert there that will teach him something. He needs to be there for two months. And then he continues to Israel where he'll receive a house, car, whatever he needs. He will have everything. He's got a job for his entire, the rest of his life. Good money, the best, the best deal someone can dream of. This man was very, very excited. What a huge opportunity. He couldn't find something close to that at the U.S. It was amazing. And he said, okay, let's start arranging my things. Let's start selling, you know, garage sale. Let's start selling stuff. Oh, but there's something very important I need to do. Let's see. I'm going to a, a strange country. Uh, I, I don't know Israel so well. They have a different language there. What do you speak there? Israel, Israelis? Israelite? What? What? A Hebrew. Hebrew. Yeah, Hebrew. Okay, Hebrew. So I, I, I can't speak Hebrew. So I've got a year. I should start learning. Oh, but wait. Before I go to Israel, I've got two months in France. You know, I have to live there. It's not easy. And French is quite complicated, I heard. You know, it's a lot of it's, too, it's heavy, a heavy language. I need to start learning. I will start learning French and then I'll start learning Hebrew and I'll be ready. Ready. I will come, you know, 100%. And so we did. He went to this special school for languages, started lear learning French. Wasn't easy. Started getting it. Okay. And then time was passing. And when he saw that, okay, he knows 
French pretty good now, but there's no time left for Hebrew. <laughs> the year has passed and he needs to, to go on the plane. It's time to go to work, his new job. He said, okay, at least I know French. Excellent. He went to the airplane and flew directly to Paris. He was received there. They showed him, started teaching him. But in the day-to-day day -day life, it was amazing. He knew how to communi communicate with everyone. He was speaking French. He could go to a restaurant, to a movie, to, to, to travel. He was feeling the closest, closest possible to feel at home. He knew the language. He was so happy. It was amazing. But then the two months passed and he needed to go to Israel. And when he arrived to Israel, he didn't know to speak one word. He wasn't understanding what people was, was, were speaking, shouting. What, what, is, what is going on here? And he's trying it with his French, with his English. Nothing. He met a friend there that also received a job a few years before. And this friend was speaking Hebrew. So the friend asked him, what did you do before you arrived? I see you, you, you looked troubled. What happened? He said, I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak with anyone here. I tried with English, but not everybody understands. And I, I'm pretty lost. He told me, so what did you do the entire year before you arrived? I said, oh, of course. I learned French. <laughs> I had two months in, in France. I need to learn French. He told you, oh, boy. You, you are a little bit, uh, I don't want to say it, but stupid. <laughs> you know, you knew you're going to spend your lifetime, your entire life in Israel where everybody speaks Hebrew. And you dedicated a full year to learn French where you only had it, needed to be there for two months? Are you nuts? Oh boy, and now with the job you have, you won't have time to learn nothing. You won't have time to learn one word in Hebrew. There's so much work to do here. So, sorry about that. And this is the parable. What does it teaches us? Listen carefully, this is amazing. We need to understand, and that's what we're starting, we're starting to, to learn together. We need to understand that spirituality is a language. You need to learn it if you want to know to speak spirituality. This world, what is called in Hebrew, Olam Hazeh, this world, this material world, there's also a language here. You need to know how to communicate. What's the language of this world? How to eat, how to sleep, how to travel, things, earthly, earthly things that you need to know, okay? Or you want to know. How to eat, how to sleep, how to go, how to use your TV, your cell phone. That's the language of this material world. But this material world is actually like two months in France. Because eternity is a spiritual world. Eternity, when we leave this world... Hopefully after 120 years of life, healthy, amen, for everyone. But when we leave this world, we'll see these 120 years were passed like nothing. And now we're going to a world of eternity. Do we know the language? We know how to speak? No. Why? Because we dedicated our entire life 
to this world, the language of this world, all the earthly things that are here, we're expert in them. How to, to, to have more money, how to make good business deals, how this, how that. That's the language that is relevant only for this world. Instead of learning what we hear in this world, the language that will serve us for all eternity, we wasted our entire life learning this language, the language of this, of this world. So this is the answer. Why do we need to learn Emunah? Because Emunah is the genuine spirituality. And this is what will stay from us for all eternity. This world passes. Okay, we need to know how to live in this world. Sure. But the benefit of learning spirituality, this language, this spiritual language, doesn't only serve us for the world to come. It serves, serves us also for this life. To have the sweetest, greatest, most amazing life possible. You know, it was a person that started learning Emuna. What we're doing together. And his friend also asked him, well, what, are you, what are you doing? Reading this book, the entire day, watching the spiritual workshops. What do you need that for? What do you gain? What do you earn from this? What, what do you gain from all of this? Really, tell me. He told him, you know what? I gain nothing. I just lose. I just lose from learning Emuna. His friend said, you serious? So uh, you just lose? He said, yeah, I'm just losing. I lost my anger. I lost my anxiety, my jealousy. I, I lost, uh, you know, all the bad character traits. I'm losing everything. I don't know what to do. <laughs> These losses are the gains, are the prizes. You lose depression. You lose, you know, sadness. You start living. So actually what we're doing, we're in this world, but we're living already as in the spiritual world. We're living with Emuna means that we're living with the Creator, with Hashem in this material world. We're transforming this material world and make it a spiritual one. And then when the time comes, after 120 long life to everyone, when we pass to the other life, it's, you feel at home. You know to speak the language. You were living a Muna in this material world. So in the spiritual world, it's a piece of cake. And you can enjoy for all eternity. You are close to the Creator. A person that lives with a Muna, that works on himself, yeah, it's a work. Sometimes it's something you need to, do you know, it's a lifetime. That's working and working, there's trials and tribulations, all kind of tests. But when you do it, a person that lives in Muna 100%, he's not afraid of death, of that day, one day, when he'll be very, very old, he needs to leave the world. This is just a temporary world. We're here to gain consciousness, to gain this amazing knowledge and to take it with us for all eternity. This is the test. This is just a, a short period of the real life 
that awaits us. So why, why to learn Amuna? <laughs> what do you gain? You gain everything. You lose the bad, bad things, you gain the good things, and you can party. <laughs> this is an amazing life. So we're learning together. We want to achieve the real greatness that is becoming a spiritual human being connected to the genuine spirituality connecting to the creator and living with him and seeing him his presence his supervision providence in everything that happens everything so that's what we're doing here and all these small short introductions we're doing sometimes they serve us because if there's something that needs what is called in Hebrew chizuk, reinforcement, something that you need you know, to, to strengthen in yourself, is the understanding that this is essential. This is not just another thing. That's another good thing in life. Like, um, you know, making a diet or going for vacation. Yeah, okay, you can live without it, but it's good to have it. No, this is essential. This is the purpose for which we, we arrive to this world, to this material world, to make it shine with the light of the spiritual world where we're all going in one moment and want to reach there ready and happy. And when we do that, to enjoy this life, to grow in this place. So let's continue our, what we're learning together. We'll dedicate a small portion of the book today because we're starting to you know there's great things awaiting but all of these introductions they're so so important they are an essential part of learning Emuna. so we are in page 37 no 39 yes 37 was last week the mission there we go the mission we are man on a mission. We have a mission here to accomplish. We're here for a reason and we want to, to do it the best way possible. So, page 39, the mission. A person comes to this world, to the world, to perform a, to perform a mission. Yep. His life in, his, in this world is not his permanent life. Exactly what we talked about. It begins and ends in accordance with the task that person must accomplish. There is a general task for all mankind that we need to accomplish. And this is why it's called the Universal Garden of Amuna, Because it's for each and every human being. You see me like this, oh, that's like a ultra-Orthodox uh, Jew. No, that, that's not for me. No, no, no. I'm just a messenger. What we're learning here, we won't, shouldn't call it religion. We call it spiritual awareness that belongs to each and every human being. And the Creator wants this knowledge to reach each and every human being. So, there's a general task, which is to find the Creator the source of light, of life, of love, of happiness in this dark, material, physical world. And live with the Creator. 
And there's also a specific task for each and every individual, which is a subject we will talk about a little bit later. But we need to, do, to know that. So we said, the life in this world is not a permanent life. It begins and ends in accordance with the task that person must accomplish. The general task and his specific individual task each and every one of us has. And that's also can give a lot of motivation to people that feel useless, no one, in, no one needs them, everybody's better than them. That is a big, the, a huge lie. Because each and every individual is a special, specific creation that the Creator decided needs to be in this world. The world cannot exist without each and every one of us. Because each and every one of us has a mission. And learning Emuna is learning how to reach and find what is my mission, what I'm supposed to do here, and perfect myself in the process to reach greatness and to reach actually what we want most. And that's the mission, to get the closest possible to the creator of the universe. When a person dies, even though it may look like an accident, it is just the result of a divine decree. At the exact time that the Creator determined. You know, we need to understand that we see all kind of things happening. Sometimes they make, make us sad, other times angry, other times confused. We have a lot of questions. We have talked about that. But we need to know everything is according to plan. To the divine plan. We need to remember that. One comes to the world to perform a 70-year mission. And someone else comes to the world to perform a 20-year a 20 mission. Each and every individual has a specific mission. A longer one, a shorter one. But it doesn't matter. Time is not, it's not the point here. It's whether we accomplish the mission or not. That needs to be the question. One person doesn't complete his original allotted lifespan while someone else obtains added days. He needs to have a longer life to accomplish what he needs. Months or years to his lifespan. The considerations are many and mind-boggling, based on debits and credits, past lives and more, all hidden from our field of vision. We need to understand that we don't understand. <laughs> we have spoken about that. We don't understand, just like a little child that can't understand, you know, Albert Einstein. I want to understand him. How it is all, all this quantum physics, but I don't understand. I don't have the knowledge. The same is with us. We, each and every one of us. We can't understand what the Creator is doing because He knows. <laughs> he sees the full picture. He knows everything. He's perfect. And we, we see only a part of the picture of this movie. We don't have all the information. So, Sometimes we get to really wrong conclusions. 
we get angry, we get sad. We need to understand someone, the Creator, is making all this work and we need to have faith and confidence in Him. Some souls come to the world to make a specific rectification. And as soon as they accomplish what they need to do, they leave this world and return to their rightful place in the eternal world. Usually, after the death of these souls, people who knew them feel that these were very special individuals, as if they didn't have an evil inclination, inclination at all. They were so good. Angel, angels, pure angels. You say, how did he die? He was such an amazing person. They were lovely, pleasant souls. Therefore, don't be surprised when you see righteous young people who never sin plucked like flowers from a garden. They are taken away because they accomplished their this designated mission on earth and corrected that which needed rectification. We see it as a tragedy. But when we have faith, we have spiritual consciousness. When there's conscience, we, we understand they simply had a very short mission here. They reached what they needed. Why am I here? I still have something to, to achieve. Okay. So I've got, I've got my time. Okay. But someone left this world before me because he finished his mission. So things are changing. The way we see the events that surround us, everything changes. People forget that this world is not the most important. It's a way station. It's a way station for a person to perform a certain mission. This lack of awareness is the root of all questions. But those who remember that there is a world to come and that this world is merely a temporary place to perform a mission no longer have questions. Suddenly, you have answers. You have answers, you understand. You can even, you know, watch how things are happening and suddenly understand so much. And it's amazing. You feel free. Free from all this anxiety. As we said, you lose the anxiety, the fears, the worries. You can sleep good at night. You have a purpose. You wake up, you wake up happy in the morning. You know, people wake up today tired. You slept 12 hours. How are you tired? I don't know. Wow, oh, so tired. I want to sleep. I can't believe it. <laughs> you squash your bed. Go, go to the world. Oh, I'm so tired. The young ones. <laughs> you see, you're a, you're a young kid. What's wrong with you? Oh, I'm tired. What's wrong? They don't have a purpose. They don't know why they need to wake up for. More Instagram. More Twitters. What? More YouTube videos, life, life's hacks, nice. What? They asked themselves, what's this life for? So they're bored. So they find all kinds of things to do, a lot of time, nonsense, or dangerous things, alcohol, drugs, etc. You understand, they're wasting their lives. It's a different generation. We think this generation, you know, it's like, what's wrong with this? With the youngsters at my age, at his age, in my time, I used to wake up. I had... They are more sensible souls. They feel that there's no 
meaningful life if I don't understand what, what, what I'm doing here? What for? So they, don't, they, want, they don't want to, to do nothing. They feel it's, it's useless. We need to think about it. We can understand it. I want to add another little story which it's not in the book The Universal Garden of Una it's, it's found in The Garden of Una the, the normal version let's say, call it uh, actually it's the new and expanded uh, edition yeah The Garden of Una also recommended and it's called Save Deposit there was a huge sage called Rabbi Meir Baal Hanes. What is Baal Hanes? The master, yes, of, you know what a Ness is? A miracle. He has such a huge, high level, spiritual level, he used to see miracles all the time. So he was called Rabbi Meir Baal Hanes, the master of miracles. And one day something happened on Shabbat, on Saturday. What happened? The Midrash says, One Shabbat, Rabbi Meir sat in the house of study, unaware that both of his sons died, had died. He lost two of his sons. He didn't know. He was in the Beth Midrash, the house of study, learning Torah on Shabbat, on Saturday, Sabbath. Now his wife, Bruria, withheld the bitter news from him. She knew he was going to come home. And it's Shabbat, a happy day, spiritual day. She didn't want to sadden him. She decided, no. She withheld the bitter news from him, covered the two bodies with a sheet, and moved them up to the attic. How much strength do you need for something like that, for a mother? Amazing. She was a very strong woman, a very spiritual woman. That evening, after Shabbat ended, Rabbi Meir returned home and asked, Where are the two boys? Where are they? Really, I hear them laughing, you know, where are they? Bruria changed the subject and served her husband his evening meal. They did Havdalah, a ceremony you do, you do after Shabbat is over. There's a fourth meal. He gave into it. Okay, when Rabbi Meir finished his grace, after the meal, his wife said, My dear husband, you're a rabbi, you're a big rabbi. I have a question. Sure, my wife, my dear, feel free to ask, of course. Yes, there's something I want to ask you, my husband. As a rabbi, as, as a sage, sure, ask. If a person gave me a deposit for safekeeping, it was some while ago. Okay, yes. And now he has come to claim it. What should I do? He said, that's simple. <laughs> Replied Rabbi Meir, you must return the deposit. What do you mean? It's his. Yeah, but it was a long time ago. It doesn't matter. He trusted you. He entrusted in you his belongings or whatever for safekeeping. Now he wants it back. You need to give it back. He said, okay, I understand. Please, can you come with me? He said, okay, sure. And Bruya took Rebbe Meir by the hand 
and led him up to the attic and showed him his two lifeless sons. Rabbi Meir began to cry, lamenting his grievous loss. But his wife said to him, Rebbe, his wife said, didn't you just tell me that a deposit for safekeeping must be returned when the owner comes to claim it? You told me that! Rabbi Meir understood what his wife, his wise wife, has done. He stopped crying immediately and quoted Job 1.21. Hashem, the Creator, has given. Hashem has taken. Blessed be Hashem's name. He is the one who gave us this voice. He's the one that claimed back his deposit. May he be blessed. And Rabbi Hanina, another holy sage and contemporary of Rabbi Meir, praised Bruria in her poignant consolation that so effective, effectively relieved her husband grief and said what King Solomon says in Proverbs 21, a woman of valor who shall find. So we see here another example, a real one. What did Bruria, the wife of Rabbi Meir, Mayor told him. She said to him, You are Rabbi Mayor, Balanes. You see miracles all the time. You know this world is just a station. It's just a station on the road to eternity. So we received something that we needed to have for 12, 12 years, 15 years. I don't know how old they were. It was a present. It was a great thing. We needed that as long as we had it. And now the Creator decided we don't need it anymore. And if we look at this a little bit more, you know, according to what we learned before, their mission, the mission of these two boys was accomplished. We don't know what it was, but the Creator knows. It was their time to leave this world. No, but they were little kids. It doesn't matter. The soul doesn't have an age. You can have a 90 years old now. Hello, Grandpa, I love you. You have 90 years old, and I have less, and this child is 5 years old. It doesn't matter. But comparing to eternity, and the soul, we said, is like, we can say it in a way, it's, it's a piece, yes, of the Creator Himself. It's a spark of the Creator. It's eternal. It doesn't have an age. So what we have, our age is just an outfit. This body I have is an outfit of 20 years, 40 years, 90 years. But we are all souls. One soul needs to be in this world. He needs to be tested. He needs to reach some rectification. And it takes 13 years. And another one needs 120 years. Mazel tov, great. But it doesn't mean that, oh, this is a strategy when someone dies young and this is amazing, a person that dies after a hundred years. No, they both finished their mission. That's it. Look our, how our entire point of view changes with Amuna. Again, you can ask what we need it for. You know what, what, what quality of life, quality of life we can have? When we have a Muna, 
we can enjoy life. We can take things with this knowledge and understand them and be more relaxed, happier. So that's what Bruria told her husband. She only helped him to remember the things he himself was teaching. This is just a station. And in the same way they finished, these two boys finished their soul correction here, we also finished a little part that depended on them. We're still here. We need to continue. We still have work to do. Great. Until we reach the real world, the spiritual world, the world to come. So this is amazing. I know it's a little bit heavy, but if we really focus on it, it can make our life so sweet, so beautiful, so full of hope. We know things are not, they're not finished here. They're just beginning. It's not the end, it's only the beginning. And this is so much fun. So we need to live according to this knowledge. Make Amuna an essential part of our lives. Make it reach the knowledge of Amuna to all mankind. Every person. You have a sister, you have your uncles. With one click, send them the videos, send them a book, send them a CD. Change their life, their point of view. How to see life so they can start enjoying life. They can stop getting angry from nonsense or being jealous or in competition with this one and that one. Who cares? I've got my own path. I've got my mission. Who cares? He's more successful. He's less successful. I don't have. He had. Who cares? I can enjoy life. This is why we're here. This is the garden of Amuna. Living in this garden makes the entire world blossom and have amazing per perfumes and a beautiful life. So that's great. <laughs> I'm so happy that we can share this. And we still have it. This is a long journey together. May the Creator give us health, energy, smiles, and reasons to smile. And we will learn together and reach our perfection, God willing. And now... Yes, now we're going to announce... Doo -doo -doo -doo. Alex, ready? We're going to announce the winner of this week. Wait, where's the envelope? Oh, Houston, we have a problem here. Where's the envelope? Oh, no. <laughs> it happens live. On, on live? Okay. I can't find the envelope. Do you know where the envelope is? I can't find the envelope. So I guess the winner will be Alex today. <laughs> I, think, I think I wrote the name of the winner here somewhere. Let's see. Yeah, I've got it written here, even though I don't have the envelope. The winner is a nice person that sent us a mail and a picture. And he said that he's got the book, The Universal Garden of Amuna, but the pages are completely different. He doesn't understand what's happening. Also, the cover is different. It's not like that. What's going on? So, dear friend... You have an old version, the first version of the Garden of Emuna, and things changed since then. We're talking about uh, a new edition, and you just won the new edition. Our winner is Eric John Nagel. <laughs> Eric John Nagel, you asked the question, 
probably didn't expect this, but you're going to have the new book because we're going to send it to you, please write us to yonatan.emuna at gmail.com with your details, everything we need to know, and God willing, we'll send you the book. You just want it. So <laughs> you won't have that question anymore. You can give as a gift the old book to someone that doesn't have it. It's also important. It's also good. But for this workshop, you will have this book. And all the other winners, we have sent all the prizes. Hopefully, you will get it soon. So when you get your prizes, all the past winners will be happy to receive a message, a commentary or a mail saying we received it so I can be relaxed and know <laughs> we received the books because our team are doing a big effort to send it on time. So please tell us you received your prizes. And the biggest prize is being here together, studying together. We love you all. Let's continue spreading the light, the light of the Muna, so we can see an amazing world world when everybody believes in the real creator and lives his life according to his divine will we'll have a perfect world hopefully we'll be speedily and in our days amen <laughs>